Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake, Scott, Ben Anderson. Want to remind you to join Unrivaled with Alex Curie and Scott Mitchell. Coming up Friday at the warehouse from 3 to 6. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom. And I'm sure for Black Friday, Tom will be cranking those prices down yep. even further if, yep, I, yep. if I had to make a guess. We're going to talk to uh, Cole Fotheringham here momentarily, of course, uh, tied in for the University of Utah. Curious if he thought before the game that they were just going to smash Oregon. What yeah. Do you, what do you, what's your mentality before it even begins to that produces that result over a top five team? And then how do you react? You know, that's what, that's what makes sports so interesting. Again, you just... Every week feeds into the next week. It's why college football and football in general is so great. But really, college football is so driven by emotion and the ups and downs where I thought it felt pretty clear that Utah was looking forward to Oregon and didn't play all that well against Arizona. And, you know, it probably made fans a little bit frustrated. I think there were certainly times, I mean, I saw it on the timeline of people worried about how Utah was playing. And I remember thinking like, oh, maybe I... Maybe I was a little too excited about Utah, thinking they were going to stomp Oregon, because we had said that uh, when you, you, Oregon had barely beat UCLA, and Utah was playing so well and, and, and was finally kind of clicking on all cylinders. And then Utah did went in and did do what we expected, and just absolutely blitzed Oregon and, and destroyed them in all three phases that we've talked about, and, and played so well that you know they're in a spot where the success is now changing what the future of the program is going to look like. We'll talk about that. Uh, well, we can talk about it now. I guess we're waiting on Cole. I know how I'd react, Ben. I'd lose to Colorado. You know why? <laughs> Blow it. Because I'd been celebrating until like Thursday. Yeah. I would have J.R. Smith that thing. You know what the nice you thing know? is, though? Fine. It doesn't matter if you it lose to Colorado. It doesn't matter. You've already lose. won the Pac-12 South. Yep. So it just doesn't matter what's going on. You can lose to Colorado if you need to. Uh, you can rest everybody if you want to. That's just fine. You can get a bunch of young guys, a bunch of opportunities to go out there and play. Now, it's senior night, and you're going to want the seniors to come out and celebrate them. And it sounds like there's going to be five, seven kids that are juniors because of the COVID year that you got the extra eligibility that are probably going to be playing their final games uh, in the state of Utah, which is a good class. This ended up being a really good class of, uh, of players for Utah because, again, it's culminated in what, three Pac 12 South titles in the last four years? And even that fourth year doesn't count. Last year was right. so silly. Correct. I mean... Not really a season. Essentially, they've won it three years in a row. Right. With a little break in there. So, it's been incredible. You played the highest levels this team has played since they've been in the Sugar Bowl. So, it's a good class. And and not all these kids, you go back and say, yeah, these were, you know, the top four and five star kids that I think everyone was was looking for, and, and they've done nothing but turn out very successful seasons. Let's get to it. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of state winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit smartrain.net or call 877-346-3333. He's making his weekly appearance on the show, of course, tight end for the University of Utah. Our friend Cole Fotheringham. What's up, Cole? Hey, how's it going? Hey, we're great, man. Uh, you still riding high? Stomping Oregon? Had to feel pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think we're coming down from that one. Um, obviously, it was a great win and um, pretty awesome performance. Great night. Rice heckles. But uh, we've moved on, and we are now we're getting ready for Colorado. Cole, we were talking a couple of weeks ago. It was even before the Arizona game. We thought, hey, you guys are playing extraordinarily well. Oregon isn't playing fantastic. Certainly maybe not as well as their top three ranking had them marked. And we, we kind of projected you were going to win that game. I didn't know you were going to win it so handily. Did you guys feel like you were that well prepared? I mean, did you feel like something was brewing, that you were going to have a special night? Um, I think we all felt good. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have told you that we were going to win, win by that kind of a margin. Um, but I think we were very confident going into that game and 
when you play confident, um, I think it shows. And, and I don't know if they were ready, quite ready for that either. So, um, you know, I think it was a combination of everything, us being prepared and maybe them um, not thinking we were going to play quite as well. And, and then a combination with, with Rice Eccles being um, the environment that it was, you know, made it really difficult for them to get anything going. I thought that uh, your coaches used your position group specifically in, in just an incredible way in that game. And just to elaborate a little bit, I mean, we've we've talked to you about this. That's a that's a pretty special room with some talented guys, yourself, of course, uh, included. And for the coaching staff to to draw up that game plan to really maximize what you guys can do, and against a team like Oregon with Kayvon Thibodeau, who who we've we've talked to you about, who's who's a really really good player, but to to use the tight end group to the team's advantage in, in so many different ways, I, I thought was I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that we're you know we're so fortunate to be on a team where we are valued and we can all be on the field at the same time. And I think that Coach Ludwig, you know, when scheming up what he wants to do for um you know for the offense he he does keep in mind like how how can he use the tight ends and um you know i think we were like you said we were used to our strengths in that game and um we all got to play a lot and and make plays you know whether it was blocking or or catching the ball downfield I want to ask you about special teams and and the boost that that can give a team. Where Cole blocks the Cole Bishop blocks the field goal, and then Oregon missed another field goal. What what does that feel like? What what does that generate, especially for the offense coming back on the field? Because I guess you know it's a stop technically. It's not you know holding someone you know from from getting the first down on fourth down. It's not a punt. What does that feel like when you do get a, specifically a blocked or a missed field goal? It's huge. Um... You know, we don't take special teams lightly at Utah. I know we haven't had the best year um, this year as far as production and, you know, being as sound as we normally are. But um, it's something that we take very seriously and we take pride in. So, you know, that blocked field goal for an offense, that's huge. You know, you you get the ball back from wherever they kicked it and, you know, keep points from getting on the board. Um, I think that was our best game if you include all three facets, you know, we played great defense. Special teams was killer. Covey bringing that punt back right before half. That was like, that was a game changer, you know, that, that gave us so much momentum going in. And, uh, yeah, it was just so fun to be a part of, honestly. What's Coach Witt like before big games? Is he a rah-rah dude? Is he the, the type of guy who's like, I'm going to say nothing because you should be ready to go for a game like this? Like, what, what, what's Coach Witt like before big games? I would say somewhere in between. He, you know, he's pretty much the same every game. I would say. Um, one thing he did tell us is like, hey, we we played. I played in a lot of big games, and like this is a huge game. So you know, I've also played in big games. You know, Pac-12 championships, and um, you definitely feel it. Like you know, you know that the big game is coming. It's a big stage, and we we got to perform. Um, I wouldn't say he's like overly rah-rah or anything but yeah he lets you know that like this is a big deal and he told the underclassmen that maybe hadn't been in in quite a position or in, in in a game like this that you know it's time to it's time to show out uh we, we saw the news uh that Devin lloyd is on the butt kiss award you've gone up against him i'm sure a ton in practice what are the things that you've seen versus a cave on thibodeau I, I know they play different positions but but what makes him so special and has put him in uh, in line to have so much success 
Um, Devin's one of the hardest workers on the team and, you know, extremely disciplined, wants nothing but success and is just super hungry for it. Um, he's a great athlete with, you know, awesome abilities and he's just like always trying to, to put himself in the best position to have success. And, um, I really enjoy talking to him and, and spending time with Devin because, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that, that have the same mindset and goals that you do. Um, and, and Devin's just a great all-around person that when it comes down to it, he's, he's going to have your back. And and he's also going to motivate you and, and urge you to do do the same as far as, like, putting in extra work and and just always striving to be your best. So, like, I got nothing but respect for him. He, he deserves everything, that, all the recognition that he's getting. Tell us a little bit about the Buffs. The what? The Buffs. Buffs. Buffaloes, yeah, Colorado. Oh, the Buffs. Um... You know, everybody in the Pac-12 has has Pac-12 talent, and you know they've been close in a lot of games and haven't quite come out with a lot of victories. Um, you know, they're not playing for for a bowl game or anything special, but I don't I don't suspect them to to fold or or give up by any means. I know that they're going to come out ready to play and wanting to kind of put a damper on things in our season. Um, and it's happened before, so we're not taking anything for granted, not taking anything lightly. Um, they got some great players, and I think we're all excited to to keep the ball moving and, and hopefully generate momentum going into the Pac-12 championship. Uh, sounds like several juniors are going to be walking uh, kind of uh, at the introductions before senior day, and then plus the the incredible senior class that you guys have had. What are your thoughts coming up on, on what this is going to feel like? Do you have any special plans? Um, I'll walk for senior night with my family, and I haven't really decided if I'm going to come back or not, but um, just taking it game by, by game. And, um, you know, if it is my last night in Rice-Eccles, um, just try to make the most out of it. Now, I know this matter, matters to you a lot, Cole, but I think you should come back for the sake of the show. You know, <laughs> we saying, like having you. I just, you know, for the sake of, of the show, Cole, I think you should put in another year. Just saying. <laughs> well, I've really enjoyed my time with you guys, too, so I appreciate uh, you letting me hop on every week and, and get to fun. talk to you guys. It's been it's, awesome. Well, I've, we've got to ask you about Thanksgiving because, of course, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure it's unique with the game coming up, but I want to ask you about your family Thanksgiving growing up because you're the oldest of seven kids, right? Yeah. Am I remembering that correctly? Correct. Yeah, so right. was was it just free-for-all Thanksgiving? You're, I, I'm, I'm picturing your poor mother who, who probably had to prepare for weeks. Yeah, growing up, we would actually come out here to Utah most of the time for oh, nice. Thanksgiving and and have it with uh, some cousins that live in Kaysville. That was kind of our tradition. Um, but now that everyone's out here, um, I'm sure we'll just, you know, my grandma came out from, from California and, and we'll just all get together and um, we'll have Thanksgiving here. But yeah, every meal is pretty much a free-for-all. And, <laughs> you know, I get told I eat fast a lot, but it's because if you don't eat fast, the food just kind of disappears. So... It was it was always kind of a competition to to get your food and, and make sure you were fed. Are all the Fotheringhams big? I mean, you're what six four two forty. I mean, is everybody as big as you? Um, not everybody. We we come in a lot of in a variety of shapes and sizes. So, <laughs> I mean, some 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 of the kids like well, I have a brother in high school. He's a junior right now at six four. Um, the other ones, you know, haven't uh, haven't grown yet. We'll see how how big and tall they get, but. 
So if, if, you know, meals were a bit of a competition, like you say, does that mean that you developed a strategy like Thanksgiving? Like, are, are you going right for a specific, like, do you go right for the turkey because that's going to go fast? Or, or do you maybe hold off on that and go somewhere else because it's your favorite? Do you have to develop, like, a, a, a battle plan when it comes to Thanksgiving? It wasn't quite that strategic. It's right. more just get in line first and, and get yours and then eat as fast as you can. Okay. Just make a big pile because uh, yeah. there might not be seconds. Uh, all right, cool. Well, hey, listen, good luck against Colorado. Congrats on the win. Congrats on sealing uh, the deal in the South Division. That's uh, that's really awesome. And we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, if it's your last game at Rice Eccles, congrats. Thank you. Thank you, Cole. That's our friend Cole Fotheringham. That's got to be tough. You know, that's got to be really hard. And, and again, if you you know play long enough and you've had the success that, that Cole has and because of the you know evolving value of tight ends throughout football like maybe he has a top opportunity and, and can get go, go play in camp somewhere and you know make a right. team and play on some special teams and work his way into a, a roster and, and he will have that opportunity because there are not that many people who are that size on earth and, and he'll be one of those guys but there's got to be a lot that goes into that conversation of you know what, what am I going to do because it's a bit of a gamble and you say yeah maybe I'm done with football maybe I just you know Maybe I'm at this point in my life where I need to go on because I was planning at this age because the coronavirus last year threw everything up. I was planning at this age to start the next thing, whether that's the NFL or something outside of football altogether. Man, this is this is my old fogey take of the day. I would absolutely encourage if, if let me put it this way, if I could go back and have another year of college, not. I mean, everybody uh, talks about, well, eating ramen and uh, and taking the bus everywhere or whatever, living poor, blah, blah, blah. How great was it to have no responsibility in life? <laughs> right. I mean, right. not that football players don't have you know, married? responsibility to their teammates. Uh, yeah. Cole's got, married. Got married. So he already has responsibility. True. That, he already has some of those. He's not the single guy in college. But I mean, think of just, I don't know, how great life was that I'm has nothing to do with like material possessions or anything like that. You just were in this mentality where it was, it was about learning, but also fun and relationships and all Especially this sorts because of stuff. I, I'm sure part like, of the reason he's thinking about not coming back is because he's done with school. Right. You know, so he's right. probably going to take whatever nonsense class he has to to still be able to play if he has to even do that. But yeah, he's, his school is probably behind him. So yeah, next year could be all... All football all the time, and then whatever he wants to well, do. Well, dude, Britton Covey has a doctorate by now, I'm sure. But yeah, <laughs> if I'm him, I'm coming back. Another year, you're Britton yeah. Covey. You're the you're the biggest deal in town. It is a spot to get really to your your angry bone here. Is is where the NIL could be a huge deal for some of these kids on debating whether or not you want to come back. You can or, make a living and come back, even if it's just you know we we, we talk about guys who get a camp invite. In the NFL and never make a league, never make the league, but they get thirty thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Something just to come in and practice for a couple of weeks or a month, and they get cut. And they say, "Hey, you know what? That thirty thousand dollars bought me a car. It's a boost in life, and yeah. mm-hmm. gave me a year to be able to figure out what my next job is going to be. And that's a huge. That's a really good thing, actually. If you could get that in an NIL deal, which some of the money we've heard that flies around, thirty thousand dollars is not unattainable for some of these guys, especially the best, the better players on the team." You know, that's that could put these kids in opportunities to say, yeah, I am going to play another year because, yes, I'm not sacrificing on the money I would have gone by trying to make the NFL, even if it was a year too early. But you're right. When it comes down to the individual, and, and I'm sure this is something Cole himself is is examining, you got to do what's best for you, your, you, your future and your family. I'm just very selfish, Ben. And uh, I enjoyed that. I'm with you. Hey, I want to see Utah be really good next year. You know what I mean? So I want, thing. Yeah, I don't want Kalani to go, 
but I would love if he made a bunch of money at Washington. I don't want Britton Covey to leave because he makes game-winning plays against Oregon. Yeah, I want all the talent. I wish Zach Wilson was still at BYU. You don't want you know, Witt to retire? You I never want, want to see yeah. Witt. Yeah, I don't want to. It, it, it's not good for anybody no. if all of a sudden the teams are bad. And right now they're both extremely good. Whit, we're going to need you to Joe Paw this thing. Correct. You know, just, in some ways, just keep going. Yeah, well, only the best. Stop guys. it, Ben. We, just, we don't need to even reference Joe Paw. Trying to talk about person. somebody who Go coached with Bobby into Bowden. The, yeah. Did he coach into his eighties? Did Bobby coach? He into was his upper seventies before he called it quits. Who was the guy at Kansas State forever? Bill Snyder. Bill, Bill Snyder. Snyder. There you Snyder. go. Snyder. Pull up Bill Snyder, Whit. Correct. Just stick around forever. Yeah, you were watching the terrible documentary last night. So you've yes. got creeps on the mind. You've got creeps on your brain. Sicko behavior. He just coached until he was old, Ben. That's it. Snyder did. Snyder did. Yeah, so did Bobby Bowden. <laughs> uh, thanks for that, Ben. But yeah, Coach, uh, we're all rooting for Coach Witt to coach, for, coach forever because, yep. you know, we love having something to talk about. When the local teams are better, there's a lot more to yeah. talk about. People are into it. And the programs... And I'm, I'm going to throw Utah State into this conversation. The programs are in a really good spot right now. Really good. Football-wise. Yeah. I'll throw in Weber State. Programs are in a really yep. good spot right now. Yep. And it makes it fun to be a college football fan uh, here in, in state. And you don't want to see anything change. I know partisan fans out there want to see the opponent lose every game. Yeah. But really, it's better for everybody when they're good. No. It's fun to have two top 15 teams or top 20 teams in the college football playoff. Isn't it funny that a, that a – uh, a sports radio hot topic in the summer is actually becoming reality. One of those, uh, like, hey, Ute fans, dial up the phone lines. Uh, if you lose to BYU this year, but go to the Rose Bowl, would it be worth yeah. it? Would it be a good season? 855-340-ZONE. Call or in BYU. now. Would yeah. you trade an Independence Bowl berth for beating BYU? Or for beating Utah, For beating say. Utah. Yeah. Or would you rather go to the college football playoff? Right. Would you rather lose to Boise State and beat Utah? It's like, yeah, those are the... Those hot topic sports radio convos. Light up the phone lines now, but it's actually coming to fruition. We're living it. Yep. Yeah, you lose to BYU, but you go to the Rose Bowl. Would it be worth it? And of course, you get those fans calling in, no! But of course, the answer is yes. Yeah. Oh, Utah fans have forgotten about the BYU loss. Do not care. For the most part. Now, Although there are always should. people who are going to, you know, there's families who are going to get together tomorrow that are BYU versus Utah families, and there's this kind of vitriol that I'm sure will still be there. But that will be the debate even at the Thanksgiving table is, well, at least we're going to a Rose Bowl. Now, the debate should be at the Thanksgiving table for Ute fans. And I, I always come back to this because I got heat for it, but why on earth were they starting Charlie Brewer day one? Yeah. What, what was the matter? With the decision-making process there. Don't question it. Because could Don't it be an even more special season if they would have actually played the right player? You know who catches some heat from Utah fans that I didn't know? Our friend Tom Hackett. Does he, he really? catches a lot of heat. Because he's just not fully on board with every decision Kyle Whittingham's ever made. And I think a lot of people think, like, as an alum, like, that Tom should be all Utah all the time. And should only believe in everything they've done. And he called him Kyle. He called Kyle Whittingham Kyle. And like people are like, it's Coach Whittingham. It's oh, like geez. I think Tom probably knows. Oh, <laughs> I think Tom probably gets it. So you know, it's it's serious. People take it seriously. So you know, as I as I can dismiss, maybe Utah fans not caring about the BYU loss. Maybe that's a uh, maybe that's naive oh, on fans, my part. Fans are so funny. I mean, no, they're great. There's only been one perfect coach born on this earth, and his name was Frank Beamer. You know, Coach Whit makes yeah. mistakes. Yeah, like stuff that uh, right. And and hey, uh, sometimes we dwell on some mistakes, and sometimes we don't. 
But don't Utah fans deep down thinking like, well, they could be a one-loss team or a zero-loss team if they would have started the right guy. Obviously, they would have beat San Diego State like we talked about yesterday or two days ago or whatever. I have to ask this for Tom because I think fans generally have one perspective on this. And for a lot of players, it's true. It's not true for everybody, though. Did the school do more for you or did you do more for the school? And I think that's interesting for a lot of players. I think for the most part, usually the school did more for you. Tom might be a different... 99.9% 99.9% of the time, it's the school doing more for you. Yeah. I think there might Tom be Tom might be Tom. the exception because he... Came was, in. He was the best in the country at what he did. Right. Won two Ray Guy Awards, yeah. you know, and doesn't even work in football anymore. You know, like, that's not what he does. Soccer guy. Soccer. Golf. He loves his things. You know, and he met his wife here and, you know, has a beautiful family and has established himself and doesn't do that without coming to Utah. So that's the value he got out of the school. But he was also one of the... I mean, he's the best, especially he's the either the best or the second best special teams player ever in Utah football history. Well, he never was playing football for the love or even like of the game. Right. He was just hanging out one day when somebody came in and said, hey, do you know what football is? <laughs> and he's freakishly good at it. Yeah. He's just freakishly can unnatural you, at it. You know, you can kick this shape of ball, <laughs> but can you kick this shape of ball? He probably didn't even know, you know, he shows up on camp first day and yeah. they're like, hey, uh, go stand over there next to the offensive tackle. The what now? Yeah, right. Which one's he? <laughs> you want me to wear what now? Shoulder shoulder pads. I thought I was just kicking. I'll have to ask Tom about that. I'll have to ask him what he thinks. We have some friends from Australia who visited us in the in the States years ago, and they were doing this big, long road trip, but they ended up in San Francisco, and we told them, you should, if the Niners are in town, go see a game. New stadium, you know, the whole thing. Hated it. They hated it. Oh, people hate football. Uh, it hated doesn't make it. any sense. They thought it was boring. Yeah, it's boring. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The plays are short. And if you're if you're used to soccer, which we'll talk about coming up in the next uh, segment for just a couple minutes, yeah, I get why. If soccer's nonstop, nothing, but it's nonstop. <laughs> There's a lot of nothing, but it's nonstop. Football's all stop. Football's hurry up and wait for 60 minutes. Honestly, that was never more evident to me than when uh, the Blaze first came to town, and uh, I'd never seen an arena football league, not on TV. Like I didn't, and I went to uh, my very first Blaze game and hated hated huh. it. Hated it because they talk about how it's so fast, fast paced. All fast meant was the play took half as long as a normal football play. Yeah, right. All the downtime, the in between stuff, all that's still the same. But actually, snap to tackle, that is faster. Yeah. So I'm a basketball guy. You kind of get the best of both worlds. And man, paying players $10 an hour to play football on cement never sat right with me either. Although, that particular version of the Blaze, they did compensate yeah. better. Yeah. The later versions of the Blaze, it was like, you Tough. know, this should be illegal. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I knew I knew a uh, a trainer on the team who felt really bad because he was like not only more well compensated yeah, than the right. players he was treating, but like significantly so. Anyway. Let's do the top three stories next. You want to do that next? I would love to do that because we've got, we got a couple interesting things to talk about. And we've got Hatch doing the counting. Let's do it. All right. Stay tuned. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.